We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. What did we cover last week? Long-suffering. Long-suffering is another word. Patience. God extends patience to us, long-suffering to us. We extend long-suffering and patience to our neighbors, our loved ones. Because we're like Him, right? So we're talking about fruit that is of the Spirit, and He will only produce His fruit. So these things that come out of us, we can't make it happen. We can put an act on for a little bit, but we can't make it happen. And really, whenever we get to a place that where some trial comes, where some pressure hits, that's really to let us know what's inside of us. See, God already knows. The trials are not so God can find out about us. The trials are so we can find out about ourselves. And so he gives us the fruit of the Spirit, which he says if this fruit's coming, one thing is it's going to be a testimony for those that are around us because they see somebody going through tremendous pressure, but yet this fruit is coming off, and it makes them go, you know, they've got something, and I want to know what it is. How are they so peaceable through it? How are they so patient with this person or that person or this situation? It's because it's the Spirit of God that is flowing out. And that means the flesh has been submitted to let the Spirit have the upper hand. Remember the the two war against each other. The flesh and the Spirit war against each other. Brothers and sisters, you will spend the rest of your waking and breathing days of your life making that decision on which one's going to win. Amen? And it's easy to have these things. So when somebody somebody has this, uh, uh, like last week, that long-suffering we talked about, when somebody has a bad day, then long-suffering kicks in on us. Right? When, when, uh, when I have a bad day, then long-suffering on you kicks in for me. Why? Because God is gracious and he gives us another day. Think about that. Think about the grace that God gives us. I was uh, 33 years old before I got saved. And he could have wiped me out a long time ago. There's a lot of times that I, I'm, I'm still wondering, other than knowing that God was sparing me, how in the world did you survive that? Should have died. And if I'd have died before that time, I would have been going to hell. Think about that statement. But God says, you know what, I'm going to give you a little bit more of a chance. I'm still working on you. And when you get saved, then he is still working on us. Remember I told you last week, he will complete the work that he has begun. We like that because sometimes it's warm and fuzzy. We don't like it on the part when he says, I'm taking this out of you, surgically removing it so that this will come out of you. We don't always like that part. But he said he would complete the work. That means if I have to go through a trial so that, so that what we're covering today is gentleness or kindness is going to come out of me, which is a fruit of, part of the fruit of his spirit. Remember, all the fruits, it, it's together. It's the one fruit. So all the elements are together. You don't have one without the other. 
And if he says, you know what, this is, this is what happens. See, we either hear him and obey, or he loves us so much we get to walk on a path. Now that scripture's not too warm and fuzzy anymore because he promised. That's a promise. You gave your heart to the Lord, I will complete the work that I've started. Tests are hard sometimes. We look at the fruit of the Spirit. Let me just go ahead and read real quick because we've been reading it every week. So Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I'm reading from the New King James and uh, up until now, you've seen a little bit, you will see some differences in the words, but they are the same, folks. By the way, if we're fighting over this right here, we need a little bit more Spirit going on inside of us. Amen. Heiligengeist, Holy Ghost. They don't say it any other way in Germany, right, Bridget? The Spiritu Santo. They don't say it any other way in Spanish. In English, we'll fight over Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it's the same word. So, we need a little more of God's Spirit flowing in us and through us. But I'm going to show you the, the places where we have this difference here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or patience as we learned it last week, kindness. If you've got the, new, the King James, it says gentleness. They are the same. Goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness shows up there. You'll see it in meekness in KJV. It is the same. Temperance is in the KJV. However, it's self-control in the New King James. It's the same thing. And we're going to see that as we move forward. This is the first place we've had that little dividing line. Okay? Everybody with me? Shake your head, stomp your foot. Okay, this is where we're at. So... Today we're talking about gentleness or kindness. It's a part of the fruit. You can't have love and not be at the gentleness place. You can't have gentleness and not be at the love place because the two are intertwined. So what is kindness? It's a mild, it is a mild, serene, and patient disposition. It's sweet-tempered. That's why I call sweetie, sweetie. She's sweet-tempered. She lives with me. She gets a lot of practice. Somebody say amen, because I know you want to. <laughs> Especially toward those who are ill-deserving. You see, that's the key right there. Somebody that don't deserve to receive that, you're giving it anyway. And that is where the Spirit of God is flowing. It is acting with courtesy and sympathetic understanding, even in a provo provocative atmosphere. You see, you remember the other, like, last time we did something, coming up through January to June, something like that, we were, we were talking about what weakens the church, what weakens us as believers. But this spirit that we're looking at and what we're, what we're learning here is, is it's to show us what we are to be is what we're to strive for. Any time that the fruit of the Spirit is not coming out of us, it's a time to start praying. 
It's a time to start fasting and praying because otherwise he's not in control anymore. We have given up control. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this was I'm going to share some numbers with you this morning. Some of these I think I've shared before, but it's a direct reflection of a lack of the Spirit flowing in the body of Christ. In ministry, 56% out of two, uh, 526 surveyed of pastors or ministers in North America, 56% have considered or are considering leaving the ministry. Something's going on with the spirit flow when we have this, when somebody like Paul said, I count it as all joy so that I can suffer like Jesus. I just paraphrased it. But I'm sharing in his suffering. But there's something going on because this spirit is not what is flowing. This is a good example to show us. These pastors could have lied. They chose not to. Their names and their responses were hidden. But it gives us a, a thumbprint to put on 56%. That means half of the churches, they got a pastor who really ain't plugged in because he's thinking about heading out. Fishing on the riverbank seems better. They also said that one of the reasons why is because of the sheep that are biting them. They're just tired of serving. And they've taken from serving Jesus to serving people. And that, my friends, is the difference. And it doesn't matter if you're a minister or not. You're sitting in the congregation. Don't let nobody get between you and the Lord. Because otherwise you're serving people and yourself rather than serving the Lord. He did tell us, I told you last week, in this life you will have trouble. That's a staggering number, isn't it? If that trend continues on, all this stuff we watch on the news that we want things to change ain't going to mean nothing. Pray all you want, and it's good. We need to pray. But sometimes there's some action has to go with some prayer. I think Dave, where you at, Dave? Where you at? Where you at? There he is. How do you miss Dave? He's, he's blending in with the cherries. He's got the same kind of colored shirt. He's camouflaged. I thank you, Dave for what you're doing for our outreach here with this fall festival, you and Ramona, what y'all put into this. That's work. And I thank all of you that have done volunteered your time to help out with that. You know why? Because we're serving the Lord. We can sit here and we can come here eight days a week and spend 24 hours a day on this floor praying to God to grow the church and, and you let Uncle Bob that got mad come back. That's Bob again. Sorry, Bob or whoever, or that these people that we know that we're just not ready for Jesus to come back yet because we got loved ones and we don't want them to end up in hell. We can do all the praying that we want, asking God to do, but he did something else. Remember Jesus said, pray that there be laborers to go out into the harvest. They ain't just wearing a suit and tie. They don't just have a, a plaque on the wall saying that they're an ordained minister. It is all of our responsibility. It's all of our work to do. 
And it's going to take prayer, but it's also going to take doing this. It is going to be a day that is going to be great. I assure you, at the end of it, we will be tired. Are we willing to do the work God has given us? If we've got the Spirit flowing in us, then yes. Because it's all about His business. Amen? And so, 36% of Church of God of Prophecy pastors are dealing with depression. Something's going on where the Spirit is not being called upon. He's not being allowed to work. That number is 45% in the churches nationwide in any denomination put together. That's almost half of the people who are supposed to be going out and, and lifting people up and doing what God has called them to do. They're just picking themselves up and going through the motions. Amen? Why are we doing this series? Why have we done the past series? So that we can be a healthy, thriving Body, to do the work that God has for us to do. Pray for little Bobby because he ain't saved, he's living like this and that, but it might take a little bit of doing on the other part of it. Are we willing to do that? And that's where we come in to having the fruit of the Spirit because it's going to put, a, put, a, put on this kind of work. 22% of pastors are having marital problems. Significant marital problems. Now here's one that just blows my mind. 26 out of every 100 churches in North America today, the pastors significantly doubt their faith. Friends, it's emergency time. We ain't coming in here to feel good. We ain't coming in here to, to, oh, well, I did church and check it off. No, it's emergency time. We watch Fox News. We complain what's going on in the world, but we have got to let the Spirit of God flow in our churches and in our people once again. We can't be afraid of Him to flow. If it ain't of God, then we let our spirit identify with theirs and we call it down. We put it in its place, but that does also to help, to help them to grow. Amen? But we cannot be afraid to allow the Holy Ghost to do His work. Amen? If you agree with that, clap your hands because we're taking a survey this morning. My job as pastor in this church is to get us to the place that we can go. Now, you might not receive it, and that's, that's between you and Jesus. But we got to be able to identify the problem, find the solution, and put it to work. And it's going to take work. It's going to take all of us doing it. Amen? If you're willing to do that, then, then let's get to work. Fourteen percent. Out of those 526, I told you this figure before, are dealing with addiction. 3% are dealing with drug, uh, drugs and, and painkillers. 4% is dealing with alcohol. And 65%, can you imagine this number, are dealing with porn and sexual addiction? Because the Spirit ain't even allowed to flow. But we sit and we look and we watch and we see all this going on and we see churches look like everything's going good but it's just for looks alone. You see, the Holy Ghost will move on you when you're ready for Him to. 
I don't have to be the one to pump you up. Let him pump you up because if he pumps you up, it's going to be lasting. It's going to be a lasting effect. It's going to be something that happens in your life and you won't soon forget it. Amen? And between and 58% of our churches are either at a standstill or are declining. And that's denominational-wide. At a standstill or are declining. Those are scary thoughts, aren't they? You bury Uncle Bob and, and, and Aunt Mary and everybody out here in this church cemetery, if we keep going on the rate that what they're showing here, and I'm just putting us in that category, there'll be nobody to mow the yard and keep their graves up. 25 years from now. Amen? So we need to let the Spirit of God flow. I know I wasted a lot of time. Well, no, I didn't waste it. It needed to be heard. It was time that needed to go. But you see, a gentle spirit, it has a soft touch, and it will only come from regenerated hearts. Amen? You see, I can't just be good with Danny and be mean with Eddie. No, the Holy Ghost, he's, he's not partial to anyone. He carries the same weight. He carries the same gentle touch. You see, our fleshly nature, it is hard. It deals with harshness. We see that all around our country today and in our world today. It's full of unkindness. It's full of selfishness. It's full of brutal behavior. We have terrorist attacks that we worry about, and there are people who say, well, we worship the same God. Not so. Because he don't have that in his spirit. He don't have that we need to go kill other people. Just because they don't believe like us. Amen? There's your clue. You need to know anything else, that's it. It ain't the same. Not nary a bit. Not the same. Those are the works of the flesh. And that's how the flesh goes. And it puts a little godly tone on it. I'll put a little quotation marks over the godly. You see, kindness... By no means aborts the firmness of the sobering truth. You can preach a hellfire and brimstone message and it can still have the right touch to it that people will get saved. Amen? It can still happen. The correction that the Bible gives us can be applied if we have this gentle spirit. And not only that, we receive the gentleness and we give the gentleness. We receive it and we give it. It's give and it's take. And the only thing you're going to be producing is the gentleness. You see, it's not a, an inherited trait. I know people who are good people. They'll actually give money to the church and help out. Or they'll stop and help anybody do anything at all that they need. They have what we would say a good spirit. But they won't darken the doors of a church. They will trash mouth a church or church people but they seem to be good people. You see, it's not something that comes in us, but I know people too that they have that, oh, you know, they kind of walk like this. And they, they, they shake your hand and it's easy and they have this soft-spoken voice to them. And they don't treat people bad, but then they don't know who Jesus is either. What I'm talking about, folks, is you can't go by that. Well, he's a good person. 
Well, I'm glad he is. Does he know Jesus? Is he saved? Is he sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit? Is the Spirit leading him? You see, it's not something that we have that is inherited. It is something that is byproduct of the Spirit living in us. And folks, he will always, 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 always defend the truth. Amen? He will always defend the truth. And he'll do it in a way that the offender, if they will let him, will receive it. Amen? Maybe we can throw a tent up in Bedford and have a revival and they're going to be some people get mad, might show up with some shotguns, who knows? I mean, we've read the stories about it. But then there's other people getting saved. You see, we have a choice to allow him to do the work that's inside of us. Jesus is a very good or the greatest example we have of gentleness. He is the good shepherd. He knows his sheep. And his sheep know him and they know his voice and they're not afraid of him. That's something wonderful, isn't it? He has this gentle spirit about him. He said in Matthew 11 and 28, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Anybody got a soul that's restless today? Jesus is the answer. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Folks, the only time that following Jesus is hard is whenever the flesh gets in the way, and I can't take these off because I don't have my contacts in. Thought I have my glasses on. I mean my reading glasses, but he's not a hard taskmaster. Whenever he the little children came to him, you remember they were trying to deal with some business, some personal business, adult business. And the, his follower was just trying to shoo the kids away. But Jesus had time for them. He was gentle with them. Bobby, when your little baby gets here, buddy, to visit us, and it's coming. It's coming. He's welcome, and we're going to treat him with a gentle spirit. We're also going to train him. That's part of the job. That's part of what we do. Part of what you're going to do as a daddy. We're going to let them come in and we're going to have that gentle spirit with them. Jesus, he received those kids. He was gentle with a Samaritan woman. You remember at the well, right? Number one, a Jew and a Samaritan shouldn't be talking. But Jesus was gentle with her. Oh, he didn't get away from the truth. He let her know about the truth. And in this day and age, he shouldn't have been sitting at a well by himself talking to a woman anyway. The, the crowds would just go crazy. Jesus didn't care. He had a job to do. He, he didn't worry about what people were thinking and talking about. No, he had a job to do. He, this woman needed to be saved. And he let her know who he was. And she even told him, why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. We're not supposed to be chatting, man. Jesus said, I don't care about that. And he did something that, for that woman that shows us that we can have that gentleness and that kindness toward people who may not be like us. They may not come from the same race as us. They may not come from the same city or the same thought process as us. But they belong to him. 
He was gentle with the woman taken in adultery. You remember that? They brought this lady up, getting ready to stone her. Jesus gets down and does some writing on the sand. Who of you has the first, without sin, cast the first stone? He did not condone her adultery. He let her know, don't go and sin anymore. I, I got you here. I, I got you through this. Don't go and sin anymore. But he was gentle about it. He didn't condone the sin. He talked against it. The Holy Ghost will always stand up for the truth. He was gentle with the rich young ruler. You remember him? He came to Jesus and said, what must I do? Jesus runs through the commandment. Well, I've done all that. Jesus knew that. And he said, well, then I'll tell you what. Take everything you got, sell it, give it to the poor, and follow me. And the man went away sorrowful. See, he didn't receive what Jesus had for him. Because Jesus went to the heart of where his biggest love was. Does that mean Jesus hated him? No. Does that mean that he could have changed his mind the next day and came back to him? Absolutely. Because he's not willing that any should perish. He wants to get us there. He wants to get us to the place and he has that gentleness, but yet he stands up for the truth. Too many times we're so insensitive to those that are dying around us. They're in our way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They're in our way. Or we know that they have no intention of repenting or coming to Christ. Oh my goodness, how can we say words like that? If we say words like that, we don't believe in the power of the gospel. That's what I would think. That's how I'm going to apply it to me. You apply it how you want to. Oh, no, I, I know that. Or you don't, you know this. You don't know him like I do. I don't need to know him like you do. All I know is Jesus said, go talk to the guy. I'm going to go talk to him. I don't care if you've been there 50 times before me. He told me to go. I'm going to talk to him and give him this gentleness and let him know what it is that he needs. And it's Jesus. He needs salvation. You understand what I'm talking about? That's where the gentleness comes out. If you use those words, I'm here to tell you today, try to put a check on them. Because that's, that's a symbol, that's a sign to you what's sitting inside of your heart, what's sitting inside of my heart. Okay? This is about teaching and so we can learn. You see, Jesus knows them, and he loves them, and he wants them. Amen? There ain't nobody can't walk through that door back there that he don't want them. There ain't nobody that's gotten off of the, the rockers and walked out that door, and they decide to come back that he wants them. And brothers and sisters, that should be what sits inside of our hearts every single day. If the Holy Ghost is leading, that's exactly what will happen. We should be kind and gentle toward one another. Romans 12 and 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. Do we give preference to one another if we have the Holy Ghost leading us, we do. Colossians 3 and 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. 
How many of you are saved in the house this morning? Raise your hands, let Jesus know you stand up for him. Then so you must do. That's what he said. So you must do. See, we can't be ashamed to share our faith. See, when we are kind and gentle towards someone who may not seem to be worth our time, you never know what the return on that's going to be. You see, there was this little guy. He was a coal miner's son. And he was a beggar. They didn't have much. It's been a while back, by the way. This ain't like a, a recent story. But this fella, he was singing to people, and he could sing pretty good. And his spirit touched people. There was something about him. And he was outside of this house one night and singing, and this, this mom and dad, or actually this man and woman, they didn't have any children, could hear this beautiful voice singing. And so they went and opened the door, and when they opened the door, he says, I'm hungry, can you please give me something? Well, they just fell in love with the little guy. I mean, they got to know him so well, and they found out the family story. You know, dad's having to work 20 hours a day in the mines, and there's nobody to take care of him. He's on the streets. So they went to the father, and they said, hey, can we just take him in? He's still your son, but can we just take him in and, and care for him? We have the means. We want to do that. And they raised this little boy up. And you know what? He, he was like all little boys. Can I get a witness? He probably had to go to the woodshed a time or two because he didn't always get it right. He always had his, you know, he didn't always follow what God was wanting to be done. But had they never opened their door to that child, the Reformation never would have happened because that little boy was Martin Luther. The just shall live by faith. You never know what your kindness what, what kind of return you're going to have on it. You never know when it's going to come about. But let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. God is keeping notes. And he knows what we are and what we are not doing. And we will stand before him one day and give an account. It's not up to me to tell you you're going to give an account over something. It's not up to you to tell me that. Because, you know, that comes into judgment. And then we don't have kindness toward one another. Leave it up to God. He knows what he's doing. Can we trust him today? Put your hands together if you believe that. We can trust him today. And if we'll let that spirit come inside of us and that kindness come inside of us, you never know what's going to come out of it. Do you want this aspect of the fruit of the spirit in your life? then you give the same mercy and grace that God gives you. Amen? We have to do that. Sometimes kindness comes under pressure. You see, <laughs> a horse can be a gentle animal. They're, they're big and powerful. How many of you know about horses in here? You ride them, have rode them, you own them. They're good animals. They can also be a very dangerous animal. They can hurt you. They can kill you. But now a horse can be gentle until the spurs have to be kicked in. And then he might get a little rambunctious. 
You see, the point I'm trying to make here is sometimes if that horse will learn to hear what your words are, the spurs never have to come into play. Certain ways you lean on him, certain ways you, you, you become one with the animal. Y'all learn each other. It's the same thing with the Spirit of God. If we learn him, he don't ever have to pull the spurs and sink them into our ribs. You ever think about that? Sometimes we have to have those spurs sunk in. But it's easy to be kind when everybody else is kind, isn't it? Oh, we come to church, got our ties pulled good and tight, shoes shined. Oh, you just look so lovely. Oh, you just sing so beautifully. And then we get outside the door, and they didn't look so good, and they don't sing worth nothing. Preacher, that was an awesome message today. I don't know. Y'all know. I mean, God's always with you, okay? I don't know how that guy does it. I, I hated that message. You see what I'm talking about? We do this, those kinds of things, and so God has to do a little bit with us, and sometimes he will pull in and, and put the spurs in us. You see, <laughs> when pressure comes, if the Spirit's in control then all the aspects of him is what's going to come flowing out. And if he isn't in control, there's going to be harshness. There's going to be irritability that's going to come out. There's going to be some words maybe we don't usually use that we used to use in another day that will come out. But you see what God does? Those pressures come to make us stronger. We're supposed to allow the Spirit to speak. He says in Mark 13 and 11, but when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak, but whatever is given you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you can follow him in your speaking? We can follow him. We don't have to sit and think up, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? How's this going to go? It's best just not to think about it. Pray. He promised he'll help. When the time comes, have the conversation. And he will give you the words that need to come out. You see, the pressures that we take, they make us stronger. You see, when a gardener goes into a garden and he starts hoeing everything out, he's getting oxygen down, he's getting the ground ready so that the water can go in, so nutrients can flow in. But when you're hoeing a whole lot, you're hitting and slapping those plants. And sometimes you think, well, that's a little mean to them. It's a little bit rough. But what does it do? It gives them... Stronger roots. You see, when we face the storms, we get stronger roots. And when we got stronger roots, fruit is better. In a time of drought, the fruit will be there because the roots have gone down deep. And that is what he does to us. When our kindness gets under pressure, God is doing something in us. Many people think that firmness has no place in the church. But folks, the Spirit can be firm and not rough. Amen? Now, 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 we can cover, I don't know, whatever it is, and the Spirit will give it out, like I've done this morning. You give it out. You give out what the Spirit gives you, but at the end of the day, it's what you do with it. You still can come to my house and eat. We can still go out and do things together. There's nothing wrong with that. Because that's where the last week's comes in, the long suffering. You see? 
I may not do what you're doing. That doesn't mean that we're enemies. It means you just ain't got it yet. That's where the long-suffering comes in. And that's when that gentleness comes in. We can still say, you know what, I don't do that and neither should you. You know, that's kind of harsh on your body or whatever. What, you know, whatever it might be, we can point that out to one another. I used to work with a guy. This fellow was probably one of the most miserable people I think I've ever known in my life. He's a, there's a few that's pretty close to him. You know, they just, I don't know. And he had been talked to about his behavior by me. How he was carrying himself. He wasn't representing the department well. He'd been talked to by our lieutenant. And it had gotten to the point that it was going to the captain. So the captain says to me and says to the lieutenant, says, uh, we've got to have this conversation. I don't want to. He's not the best employee in the world, really. But you know what? He deserves a chance. He deserves to know. Even though we've done told him, we're going to give him another chance. We're going to let him know once again where you're falling short. He says, you guys... Come up and meet me in the office. And this, and this captain, he had, he's a Christian man, and he had the right way about him. Soft-spoken, easy to get along with. But man, whenever he told you an order, you didn't have to ask twice. You didn't want him to go to that other place, because he could. So you knew what was a suggestion, and you knew what was an order. You understand what I'm talking about? And that, that's a good leader. That's a good leader. So we're having this conversation with this guy. And he says, yeah, I, I totally understand. You know, y'all told me before. I get it. Uh, I'll try to do better. Uh, I understand where we're at. And the captain's like, good, because we want to work you through this. We want to get you from this place to this place. But we can't allow this anymore. It's going to cost you your job if you're not careful. Because the next time we meet, that's exactly what we'll be meeting for. But this guy goes out, and he didn't much more get out the door. So on his way back to his post where he was due to be, all the people he knew that he could go to that would receive the junk he was given, he gave it. What ended up happening... He lost his job because he was sowing discord on the job. See, that gentle spirit tried to take him somewhere, but he refused to go. That gentle spirit was wanting to let him go. Now, I'm going to tell you how the gentle spirit was. It was so bad that some other people followed him up to the next county. Since this is recording, I'm not going to speak it, but it was the next door county. Pay was about 15 grand more a year. And he was able to grab a few to ride with him on this and now all of them got there and realized, yeah, they pay you more, but they expect even more. He didn't last six months. And the people that followed him, some of them didn't last either. Some of them, though, came back and said, I'm sorry. We, we just got caught up in his junk. You know, I tell my kids, Megan, Ryan, where y'all at? Y'all awake? 
What do I tell you guys when you leave home? I don't know if you're doing it all the time, but what do I tell you? Remember who you represent. You represent God and you represent this family. And as the pastor, you represent this church. Now, brothers and sisters, you see my youngins out doing something they shouldn't be. Don't you fall out with me over it. Don't you fall out with the church over it. You need to let me know about it so we can have a conversation with those kids. Because now is the time when that gentle spirit comes in and truth comes in that will get them out of the rut. Oh, you don't run around talking to everybody else about it. <laughs> oh, no, that's not how you do that. No, the gentle spirit says this needs to happen. This has to happen. And how can you say you love me and sweetie if you wouldn't allow us to try to help our kids? Amen? That's the gentle spirit that we're talking about here. And you see, forgiveness is a huge part of that. Forgiveness goes so strong with it. In Matthew 18 and 21, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I, my brother, sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. See, forgiveness affects kindness. They are hand in hand. And it always follows God's forgiveness. You'll find some people that are miserable in this life because they've never received the forgiveness that God gave them. They treat themselves bad. They just don't understand why God can be that way. Or you'll find folks that'll be in a place that, that they have a hard time of forgiving others. And kindness can't flow. It can't flow at all. You see, what's actually happening is you're standing against God. Danny, come up here. Wake up. No, you stay down there. It'll be fine. I'll come to you. Hold on to me. You see, me and Danny can have a good relationship going on in this life. By the way, we don't, wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for Jesus. I wouldn't know this guy. I wouldn't know none of y'all, really. It's Jesus. But as pastor of our music leader, there sometimes is going to have to be some correction done. Amen? There's going to have to be some direction given. And, and I'm not going to go into detail, but we've had that before, haven't we? But he had the right spirit about him. You know why? Because he's hung in there. He's hung in there and he has grown because of what God had for him. I'm scared to death to have the conversation with him because I'm going to lose Dee and John and Roger and Judy and Willie and Allie and the kids and anybody else that's attached to them. But the conversation had to happen because I love him too much. And you see, he did the right thing because his spirit received what God had for him. Now, has Danny got there yet? No. Is he better than he was? Is he getting there? Absolutely. And by the way, you can hold the mirror up and look at yourself with that same question. But you see, he could go to the place that he takes it all personal. And it's now me, it's not God talking to him, it's just Ken. 
And I'm going to tell you now, we're not going to have a conversation unless I pray about it. And he gives me the okie-dokie to do it, then we're going to do it, and I pray that gentleness comes out with it. Yeah, come on, guys, I used to wear a badge, and I dealt with the scum of the earth. Come on. You know, I'm not the guy I used to was. And I ain't where I need to be, but I'm trying. Oh, how about you? Any of y'all got that? If y'all got the perfectness to it, let me know because I need, to, I need some help. But if he takes it the wrong way, then it can be a problem. Now, what's that do to the church, this local body? Before long, it's going to happen. He's going to be talking to people, and he's going to start, the people are going to start taking sides. That's how splits happen. You see, if churches will allow the Holy Ghost to do the work inside of them, and individuals will do that, a church split would be something that wouldn't be in a dictionary. We wouldn't know what it means. That's the truth. That's the truth. And we, what we're learning today, we've got to be able to identify those things and decide I'm not walking there. And I can go say, Danny, I need you to forgive me. Okay, I forgive you. But our relationship from pre-talk to post-talk is now not the same. There's still distance. Can I let you in on a little secret, friends? You have no more forgiven that man or that person than anything. Only thing you've done is you've added a lie to what you've done. You understand what I'm talking about? Because if we go through it and God builds us, we're going to be stronger post-conversation than we were pre. And we are. So we can talk a little bit straighter now. Thank you. You got a song in your heart because we're about ready to wrap this thing up. Hey, look at that. It's 5 after 12. Pastor got done. First time in like five years. Man, you need to give God some glory on that one. Amen. Amen. Be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. Let the Holy Ghost lead you and carry that gentleness inside of you. Because it's a testimony for Christ. And let me tell you something, friend. You're going to sleep good at night, too. When that gentleness, you see that coming out and he starts producing that fruit. Oh, my goodness. You could even sit down and watch a football game and not get upset. It's football season. I think I said that. Maybe there's something, somebody in here this morning, this has touched on your heart. And maybe you need to have a little talk with Jesus. Can I tell you what? He loves you. And he is patient and he is long-suffering. And you know what? Whatever yesterday was or whatever this morning was, it can be gone. Just let him do his work. Let him do his work. Because we don't want to be like them statistics we read about earlier. We don't want to be that. And I promise you folks, when the Holy Ghost starts flowing in us and we start seeing this fruit coming out, you know what he's going to do? He's going to make it to where he's going to give... What do you do when you go to a fruit stand and they got bad fruit? What? You just leave it alone, don't you? And if you go back a second time and they got bad fruit, what do you do? You don't go back a third because their fruit's no good, right? But whenever you find some good fruit, hey, Marsha, I didn't see you this morning. Glad you're here. When the fruit is right, you go get some more of it. Amen?
It tastes good. It's good to the palate. Oh, it just makes me feel so good. It fills me up. That's what the fruit does. It fills me up. So maybe you need to talk with Jesus this morning. I don't know. But let Him do the work. See, you can refuse to receive it. Absolutely. We are given, we're a free moral agents. We get to decide whether or not we're going to let the Bible apply to us or not. We get to decide that. Friends, I've told you this before. If you don't like taking the test, you're not going to like it the second time. You can't run from God. You can't hide from God. Geography or geographic location ain't got nothing to do with it. The problem is with you and God. Because see, me and Danny, when we had that conversation, if things would have been this, the problem wouldn't have been so much between me and him. The problem would have been between him and God. Or if I was the one that had that, it would have been between me and God. Don't let anybody come between you and the Lord. Well, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they acted toward me. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, and kindness.